Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Vandalia, Michigan campus. For more info, look us up at newdaycommunity.org. Good to see you guys. It was a beautiful drive-in this morning. It's like, I told Amber, it's like Narnia out there. Always, always winter, but never Christmas. But, uh, I mean, anyway. So, good to see you guys. Thank you for joining us. We're starting a brand new series today called Thrive. And I want to start by asking a, a question when was the last time that you felt like you were thriving? When was the last time you just felt alive? Some of us, it takes a while. When was that? It seems like I should feel that sometimes. I know that in, uh, in 2019, I started playing with the uh, K College Band, and I just loved it so much. That's what I, I told Amber, that's what I missed most in 2020, was not being able to play in the band. Uh, but good news, I got an email from the, the band director, and they're going to put small ensembles together. But apparently, I have to buy something called a bell cover, apparently so as not to blow COVID out of my trumpet. So, uh, But I'm excited about getting the old trumpet back out again, because I love that. Uh, so that's one thing that makes me feel alive, playing music with a group is great. Um, also, I've had a lot of great opportunities to do discipleship and mentorship, and that is uh, one of my favorite parts about this job that I, that I get to do is that I get to spend time one-on-one with, with folks often, and sometimes those are difficult, challenging conversations, but man, afterwards, it's like, oh, I get to walk through just hard stuff with people. This is great, which is kind of, maybe that's a weird thing to say, but it's good, right? It's like, we're in this together, and those are the kind of things that, that make me feel like I am thriving, and the, the reality is, and the reason we're doing this series, is because God wants each and every one of us to thrive, right? And so thrive means, let me, oh, it's very small. So thrive means uh, to grow or develop well or vigorously, to prosper or to flourish. And we see the, the biblical story reveals that we were created to thrive. We were created to flourish. Genesis chapter 1 verse 28 says, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Right? And this is one of the very first commands that were given uh, by, by God. And this includes procreation, but it's not limited to that. Right? This is about creating culture and creating communities and inventing and making music and, and, uh, and just growing and flourishing in a variety of, of different ways. Right? And so this, we are called to, to go and to be fruitful and to increase. But we see as the story progresses uh, that Adam and Eve choose to rebel against God. They, they turn their back on him, eat the, the forbidden fruit, and sin is brought into God's perfect creation. And sin, right, it causes the opposite of thriving. It actually causes death. Uh, sin causes us to, to turn, to, to reject God. It causes us to hide from him. 
Right? We see this in the, the story after Adam and Eve eat that forbidden fruit, that they hear the, the sound of, of the Lord walking in the, in the garden, right? which is a crazy idea. But the, the Lord, you can hear his feet kind of crunching down the path. Adam and Eve kind of flip out, and they're like, oh man, he's going to catch us. We're, we're naked. Let's hide in this, in this bush over here. right? And God comes and he says, where are you? Where are you? And God is omniscient. God knew right where Adam and Eve were. And so he didn't ask this for his own benefit, right? But for the benefit of Adam. So that Adam could recognize where he was. That he had moved out of this right relationship that leads to, to thriving and life and into spiritual death and shame. And God wants to call him back into life. And so when we turn from God, right, we're like a, a, a plant rejecting water. Get away. That's, that's what plant sounds like. Get away. What's all this? You're drowning me in here. Right? That's, that's our plant. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So, you know, we, and so to, we turn to God because we need that that life. And so, like I said, we're starting this new series called Thrive, and we are going to look at how we as Christ followers can step into abundant life. And we see in the, the biblical witness shows us that God has given us everything that we need in order to live thriving lives. This is from 1 Peter chapter 1. Uh, and it says, his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. So God has, has given us everything that we need for life and for godliness. Everything that we need, we can, we can find in him. And this little word, life, is the Greek word zoe, and it means uh, uh, physical and spiritual life. So all life throughout the, the universe is derived from God, spiritual and physical life. Right? It, it means that all of our life is connected to or is derived. It, it always comes and only comes uh, from the self-existent God. And so when we separate ourselves from the self-existent one, the, the only possibility is that we are eventually going to die. And in him, we have life. And so he's given us everything. And what is that thing? He says, through the knowledge, through the true knowledge. Um, and this true knowledge um, is God's revelation. And we often think about two kinds of revelation. There's natural revelation, right? We can look out on the, the world and look and, and see and learn certain things about God, right? And we've heard stories of, of scientists, you know, gazing out into the, into the galaxy, kind of having this epiphany. It's like, man, there has to be a God. This couldn't just poof into existence, I remember reading a, a, a book, I think the guy's, the author's name was Frank Turek, and they were talking about the eye, and if evolution was 
true uh, that all the different little components that would have to, to happen in order for an eye to be to evolve, right? And, and it's, it's astronomically ridiculous that it would just happen. And so, uh, and so whether God just created eyes or guided um, the creation of eyes, we won't get into that this morning. Uh, yeah, it, you know, there is a, a divine hand at work in creation. Okay. <laughs> Mark at New Day Community Church. Sorry. Okay. Uh, and so that's natural revelation. We can, re- we can learn that there is a God. We can learn certain things a- about him, that he is, that he is good from, from nature. But then there's certain things that we can't learn about God from nature, right? We don't know our relationship to God. We don't know what he is like. Um, we don't know how to relate to him. Right? And so we need what is called special revelation. And special revelation is, is found in the, the Word of God, the, the Bible that, that reveals who God is, who we are, how we can uh, enter into relationship with Him, how we can live lives that are pleasing to Him, how we can receive His life and His blessing, how we can overcome the sin and the corruption that we see so plainly in our world. And God has given us this special revelation, the true knowledge of God, so that we could step into life and godliness. And so the word of God shows us where we are, and it shows us where we need to go. It shows us a direction to move. And it's only the infallible word of God uh, that will keep us pointed in the right direction. Right? Without this, even I think Justin kind of touched on this this morning in, in worship, right? We kind of move off into wickedness and selfishness and, and pride. And the word of God, you know, directs us back and goes, hey, hey, Mark, you know, this is a pretty messed up. You should forgive this person, right? Or repent of this thing or, you know, whatever it is. This is what the word of God does. It redirects us back into the, 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 the path that God has called us to, back into alignment with God so that we can enter into life. Because God's desire for us is that we would thrive. And then in John 10, Jesus tells us the kind of life that God wants for us. And he says this in chapter 10, starting in verse 7, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Right? Full of life, abundant life. This is the zoe. This is the life that God is calling us into. And this text says that Jesus is the gate. He is the gate that leads us into salvation and that leads us into that life. Anything else, any other gate, anywhere else that we put our hope or our desire for salvation is a thief and a robber that does not ultimately bring life, but brings death, actually robs us of life. 
And so we are the sheep. As Christ followers, we are the, the sheep, those called by God to be his kids. And we can listen to his voice. And how do we most clearly hear the voice of God? It's through his word. Right? As, uh, as Nune, we've talked a lot about the prophetic and hearing God's voice, and we love that. Right? But that always has to come in submission to the word of God. Right? It always does. This is the clearest revelation. Right? 2 Timothy 3.16 says that the word of God, this, this, the Bible, what does it say? Something real good about being God-breathed. I'll just turn there since I messed that up. Uh, hey, and just, just a guy trying to do, just a guy trying to do, all scripture, that's what it says. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Right? This word is, is God-breathed, and as we come into alignment with it, we step into life. And then it says that in verse 10, I've come to, that they have life and have it to the full. Right? When I think of fullness of life, I think about it both qualitatively and quantitatively. Right? Our, our quality of life right now and for all eternity. Right now, it gets better. It right? doesn't mean that all good things are going to happen, right? We're going to go through trials. We've talked about that a lot in 2020. Uh, there's going to be difficult things that happen, but we get to step into the fullness, the joy, and the peace of life right now. And, and then uh, the quantity of our life, our, the goodness of our new life goes on into eternity, right? So it's full, abundant, it's wonderful, and it starts right now. So the Word of God shows us our starting point. It shows us where we're at and where we need to go. So if you want to thrive, we need to be in the Word. The Word reveals Jesus, right? It reveals uh, our, our Lord and our, our Savior. It shows us how to live in Him and to live for Him so that we can have this abundant life. Okay, well, that was my very long introduction. And where I wanted to get to today, well, don't worry, it's going to be fine. We'll get out of here sometime, is to look at the story of Josiah, right? So this is uh, one of the kings at the very uh, end of the, uh, the nation of, of Judah. Josiah became the, the king when he was eight years old. Uh, his grandfather was Manasseh, who's a super bad guy. Uh, his dad, I can't remember his name, also not a great guy. But somehow, little Josiah comes up, and the, the, the text says that he was pleasing to God. He was one of the few kings of Israel, or, or of Judah. I don't know if there are many. Were there Israelite kings, just Israel, northern kingdom tribes, that were good? I don't know. That would be, I don't think there were. There's a few in Judah. I don't know if there were any in Israel. Anyway, but Josiah is one of the few. So what they say in seminary is they say, just kind of ask some questions that you don't know the answer to as you're public speaking, just to show that you're just a regular guy just trying to figure it out. We're all just trying to figure it out. Um, anywho, uh, a lot of pastors would look that up before. Not me. Not me. Um, just thank you so much. I appreciate your encouragement. So Josiah, he's good. He takes over when he's eight. He apparently has some good folks around him, and he is pleasing to God, follows all the ways of his father, David. 
Okay, sorry. <laughs> Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Um, <laughs> let's just start over. When was the last time that you felt like you were threatened? <laughs> okay. Uh, and so Josiah is going along and he is pleasing to God and they, he starts cleaning up and rebuilding, renovating the, the temple. They've been uh, gathering some money. He sends his secretary to you know, take the money out to the carpenters and the masons and all that and uh, see how they're doing, make sure they're doing good and kind of refurbishing the temple. This secretary goes over there. One of the guys is like, hey, we found this book. We found this book of the law. And the secretary read it and was like, oh, man, I better bring this to Josiah. And so he brings this book of the law to Josiah. And when Josiah, the, the king, reads it, right, he tears his clothes, he, uh, it's, uh, which is this sim symbolic gesture of, of repentance, this symbolic gesture of, of recognizing his desperate need for God, representing how far he was from what God expected. He, he saw that Israel, or the, the nation of, of Judah, had uh, gotten their, um, their worship all mixed up. Right? They were still worshiping God. He was cleansing the, the temple, refurbishing that. But as we read into chapter 22 and 23, we see that there was uh, Asherah poles in, in the temple of God. There were uh, uh, idols to, to Baal and altars to, to Molech and these horses uh, dedicated to the, the sun god and all this kind of terrible stuff in the temple of God and throughout the nation of Judah and Israel. And this uh, is called syncretism. Syncretism, not a word we talk about very much, but here's a, another uh, definition. You can't read it, so I'm going to read it for you. Syncretism is the amalgamation, or the attempted amalgamation, of different religions, cultures, or schools of thought. Right? Mark, who cares? What does that even mean? And so it's this mixture, right? It's a mixture. Israel and Judah's problem wasn't that they had completely rejected the way of God and started following Baal or Molech or Asherah or whoever. It's that they were like, oh, you know, we could probably kind of mix these things together. Right? And so we're still kind of worshiping Yahweh, but we're also kind of covering our bases with the gods of this land. This, uh, this was syncretism and idolatry that was revealed as Josiah read the book of the law. He recognized what was happening and he immediately goes into action, tearing down these, uh, these altars and tearing down the Asherah pole and destroying all the, the false prophets and the false teachers and, and, and coming back into alignment with Yahweh. He recognized that where they were supposed to be, they were far from. We'll read a verse in, from chapter 22, 13. Josiah says, great is the Lord's anger that burns against us because those who have gone before us have not obeyed the words of this book. They have not acted in accordance with all that is written there concerning us. 
Right? He recognizes, oh man, we are messed up. We have been, we've, we've allowed syncretism, this amalgamation, this mixture of true religion and false religion to come together. Right? And we think about that and we're going to like, well, that's, you know, that was back then, right? They had, they had Baal and all these other gods and they were mixing things up. Luckily, we don't have to worry about that anymore. I don't worship anything other than the one true God through Jesus Christ, right? Well, we see that Paul actually deals with this quite extensively in his epistles. He saw in Corinth, in Colossae, there was syncretism there with the, uh, with the Greek philosophers and the, the Christian faith, right? There's a mixture there. In our day, guys, it is rampant. We don't even recognize it because so often we kind of hold up these things that we're worshiping as good, valuable, moral things. And sometimes they are. Sometimes they are good things. But what we see in idolatry is, uh, is defined as divine honor that is given to anything that isn't God. Divine honor paid to uh, any created object, any system, any ideology. Right? That's idolatry. And so we fall into idolatry when we, uh, you know, when we, maybe we come to church on Sunday mornings and we, we worship here and it's really good and we pay our tithe and that's great. Thank you so much for that. But then we go home, right? And we worship our checkbook or our bank account balance, right? We worship um, our own comfort or we worship, you know, whatever, um, uh, entertainment that we like. Like, I super like The Mandalorian, and I got to make sure that that doesn't, you know, usurp anything. I mean, it could happen, probably. There's some people that really like The Mandalorian. Anyway, <laughs> it could be all sorts of things, right? It, you know, it could be, uh, you know, uh, young people, often they can uh, idolize uh, this uh, idea of a relate. I need to have a relationship with this person, right? This, and I love this person and and like that just takes over right there's you can idolize you can fall into idolatry with all sorts of things in our human proclivity as, as fallen creatures is to look for idols and we still do it today and so the word of god right the special revelation from god shows us where we are it can reveal syncretism and idolatry in our hearts and josiah responded correctly to that revelation in chapter 22 verse 18 uh, so he goes to he's like oh go find the prophet so that we can know how to 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 respond to this and the, so they go and find Huldah, a prophetess so lady prophet, that's good, right? And they say that Jeremiah, sorry, ooh, sorry, sounded weird. I didn't mean it weird like that. I'm just saying that, that Jeremiah was around and doing work, but they don't go to Jeremiah, they go to Huldah, right? And, and anyway, that's a big deal. We won't get into that. Uh, so they go to Huldah and she says this, tell the king of Judah who sent you to inquire of the Lord, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says concerning the words you heard. Because your heart was responsive and you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard what I had spoken against this place and its people, that they would become a curse and be laid to waste. 
And because you tore your robes and wept in my presence, I also have heard you, declares the Lord. This is the proper response. Josiah repented and he submitted himself to God. He tore down, he destroyed all of the idol worship, all of the high places that exalted themselves above God that the kings before him had erected and that they and the, the people had, where they had worshipped false gods. He tore them all down. And so if we want to thrive, if we want to step into life to this right alignment with God, we need to do this same thing, to align ourselves with the word of God. And so as we daily read this book, we want to ask ourselves, what syncretism, what idolatry have I allowed into my heart? the reality is that we all read this book through a lens. We just do. And it's, you know, it's, it's very, it's difficult to see that lens sometimes, but to recognize that we do, to recognize our proclivity towards idolatry, we come to the Lord and go, would you help me to understand your word? Will you point out where I am failing? Will you point out where I am am still messed up and correct that? All I want, Lord, is, is to be pleasing to you. And so you could say that when Josiah read this book of the book of the law, he he did his own little soul search. Look, I'm bringing it back. (laughs) Uh, and Soul Search, as we talked about uh, the, the half, last half of last year, is this idea of, of examining ourselves to see where we are and where our, we are in our relationship with God. The, the soul stands for scripture, others, upwards, and life. And so jo- Josiah recognized, man, my, my scripture... Is, is lacking here. I need to, to increase that. And when he read the, the scripture, he recognized, oh, my relationship with others is, is messed up because the, the most uh, common thing that the, the prophets challenged Israel about was their treatment of the poor, their treatment of, of foreigners. And so they would have recognized, oh, wait, we're actually supposed to be carrying ourselves a little bit differently in this world. Right? They recognized that their upwards connection, their relationship with God was messed up because we're not only worshiping the one true God, we're also kind of worshiping Baal and Asherah, and that's a problem. Let's get rid of that. They recognize in their life it is, is not ordered in a way that brings uh, pleasure to God. We see in just a few verses that they reinstate the, uh, the Passover feast that they hadn't done in years. And so there's this restoration, not just of the temple, but of their whole lives as they allow the scripture to reveal what's going on in their hearts. And so that is what we want to to think about today as we as we go from here is how do we how how do we uh, 
allow the, the Word of God to affect us? How do we come into alignment with, with God? How do we recognize any idolatry or syncretism that we have allowed into our hearts or into our lives? Well, the first thing we want to do is to seek the Lord through His Word, right? We cannot give up reading and rereading and thinking about the Word of God. I read this great book um, over the summer by an author by the name of Sky Jatani, and it's called What If Jesus Was Serious? And he is he was talking, teaching through the, the Sermon on the Mount, and just pointing out all of these different areas where Christians kind of just assume that we know what Jesus said and what Jesus meant in the in the uh, Sermon on the Mount, but he kind of shines this light on how we've just kind of just assumed that. And that's not actually what the text says. Really great book. I recommend it. Super simple, short little chapters. What if Jesus was serious? Sky Jatani. And, uh, and so we want, as we read this book, we want to be continually asking the Lord for clarity, right? And so I often, as I am reading the Word of God or as I'm praying, I will pray Psalm 139, 23, and 24, Search me, O God, and know my heart, right? Uh, Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And usually when we say, is there any offensive way in me, Jesus? He will say, yeah, there's one or two. Yeah, yeah, there's a little bit we can work on still, all right? So we, we seek God through his word. We ask him to reveal the truth of his word. And then when we see something somewhere that we are not in alignment with what God has called us to do, we need to repent. really appreciate Justin's little short testimony this morning of his conversation that he had with God last night. This recognition, right, oh, that there's stuff in us that we need to repent of and and that happens to me all the time. So grateful for, for God and his, his love. And, you know, I got saved 25, 26 years ago. And I'm really glad that he didn't make me fix everything all at once, right? But he's just like, we're just kind of meticulously continuing to work down. And as I walk with Jesus, right, hopefully I'm becoming more and more sanctified, more and more like him, right? And we won't, uh, anyway, so do, repent repent when he reveals stuff. And then finally, just like uh, Josiah removed the, the false gods and the idols and the, the syncretism from Israel, right, we need to go, is there something in my life that I need to remove? And maybe it's not a blatant bad thing like an Asherah pole. If you have an Asherah pole in your house, just get rid of it. Just, just don't need that. There's no good reason to have one. Um, and uh, but maybe, <laughs> maybe it's something else, right? Uh, you know, maybe for you, what's distracting you is maybe it's social media. I don't know, crazy, right? Maybe it's TV. Maybe it's video games. I don't know what it could be. But is there something in your life that God is pushing uh, on you and revealing, hey, this is a thing that you should probably get rid of. Maybe you don't need to get rid of it forever. But maybe there's a, a season of time to, to remove that. Right? So seek God through his word. Ask him to reveal his truth. Don't just assume you know what it means. Repent when he shows you the junk in your life and then remove any idol that needs to be removed.
Remember Matthew uh, chapter 5 says, you know, if your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. Because it would be better to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. So the good news is that we don't have to do this on our own, right? We're not just left to our own devices to, to root out all of our idolatry and all of our sin. Jesus has done that and he is doing that. He, he makes a way for us. And when we put our faith in him, when we put our allegiance in, in King Jesus, in the sinless Son of God, he forgives us and he saves us and he cleanses us. He gives us a new heart, right? a heart of, of flesh that is responsive to God. He empowers us through the Holy Spirit to live our lives in the way of Jesus and to, to have the power, the ability to say no to sin and to say yes to God so that we can step into that full, abundant, thriving life that he has for us. All right, let's pray. Father God, we love you. Lord, we thank you that you want us to thrive. Lord, you want us to step into full, abundant lives. Lord, we thank you that you did not forget us and reject us and turn away when we entered into our rebellion. Lord, but you immediately went into to action to, to bring a Savior, to bring a Messiah, to restore your people back into right relationship with you. And so we put our faith, we give our allegiance to King Jesus. Lord, we receive the, the gift of your Holy Spirit. Lord, your empowerment, the, the, the transformative work that, that you do in us to make us more and more like you. So Lord, as we step into 2021, as we step into thriving, Lord, help us to uh, make a commitment to, to dive into your word, to listen to it, to allow it to challenge and change us. Lord, I pray that you would show us areas that need uh, to be changed. Show us the, the rough areas in our life that need to be sanded down so that we can be better uh, witnesses of you in, in our own lives, in our communities, in our families, in our workplaces, so we can bring you glory. Lord Jesus, we love you. We worship you. In your name we pray. Amen.